Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Three called on the outside corner and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back to Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast, Mariners Pod on Twitter. I can't remember if I've mentioned this or not. Hopefully I have, but you've known you can go to the Mariners website to find the podcast sitting there. Mariners.com, go at the top fans, podcasts, and that's where it sits. You can subscribe on uh, iTunes, of course, to the podcast. You can now get the podcast on Stitcher. You can get it on TuneIn as well. So Stitcher and TuneIn. The podcast lives there. So a couple new ways to download it and consume it daily. If there's any others that you would like it to be posted to, just let me know. I can try and make that happen. So Stitcher, TuneIn. We are days away now, days, days away. The next time I talk to you, the next time you'll be listening to this podcast, it will be opening day. How about that? Think about that for a second. Friday, get through the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and then opening day on Monday, day baseball Monday, so we don't have to wait that long. But the next time I speak with you, it will be opening day. So, so great. So in honor of that, I know it's not opening day yet, but I was looking through some highlights, and this is this is just one of the best opening days in Mariners history. 1986. Some of you may remember this. Some of you probably not. Jim Presley, Mariners down late in the ball game, taking on the Angels opening day, 1986. This is how it sounded late in the game when the Mariners were looking in the ninth inning to somehow, some way, try and come back on opening day. This is Donnie Moore's game to save if he can, and Mike Witt's game to win if Moore can save it. But the M's trying to have something to say about it here in the bottom of the ninth. The 1-1 pitch on the way to Presley. Swung on and Melvin deep to left center field, and it goes back. This will fly, fly, fly away. 
far. Would you believe it? So there it was. Jimmy Presley in the bottom of the ninth inning brings the Mariners back. He ties it up with one swing of the bat. And then in extra innings, Jimmy Presley would come up again. Mariners a great job to come from behind to tie the score. The Mariners have been a good come from behind ball club the last couple of years. Trying to do the same tonight after the Angels took an early 3-0 lead in the first. Force the set. And the 1-2 pitch on the way to Jimmy. Swung on. Well hit ball. Deep to left field. Back she goes. Goodbye baseball. Grand slam. Home run. Jimmy Presley. And the Mariners beat the California Angels. 8-4. Holy smoke. Jimmy Presley ties it in the ninth inning. And he wins it in the bottom of the tenth inning. A grand slam home run by Jimmy Presley. Way out of here to left field. The Mariners defeat the Angels. 8-4 opening night, 1986. Wow, what a night for Jimmy Presley and the Mariners. There it was, Jimmy Presley. It's hard to imagine getting off to a better start in a season than that. Presley in that game, so he ties it up with a home run in the ninth. He wins it in the 10th inning with a grand slam. He goes three for four. Two home runs, six RBIs, scores two runs. After <laughs> after the first game of the season, he was batting 750 with an on-base percentage of 800 and an OPS of 3.050. <laughs> he was on pace to have a great year. But great start to the season, 1986. We'll see what happens opening day right around the corner for the Mariners. Mariners off yesterday, so nothing happened. Well, nothing happened officially, though Iwakuma threw in a minor league game. Vincent threw in a minor league game as well, but no official Cactus League game. Mariners play. Here's what the rest of the schedule looks like after the off day yesterday. Mariners play against the Rockies 7-10 tonight. On Saturday, 12-10 against the Rockies. Sunday, off day, travel day. And then the Texas Rangers, 1 o'clock, three-game series. Thursday, off day, and then at home. Home opener, 7-10 on Friday. Homestand begins with three against the A's and then three against the Rangers. It's right here. It's right here. So here's what we're going to do on this podcast. Fun conversation coming up, and I think it strikes the exact right tone for right now. With the end of spring here, optimism, everything else, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. David Skiba is going to be here from LookoutLanding.com. Just wrote a very interesting piece and a very good piece on Robinson Cano. So we're going to talk about that, and we'll talk about the Mariners' season in general. We'll dive into the AL West, but it's a fun conversation and the perfect tone, I think, for right now as we head into the season. Also coming up, I talked about it yesterday. Uh, I unearthed back-to-back interviews, Dave Niehaus talking with Ken Griffey Jr. in 1997 when he was chasing down the all-time single-season home run record. He was sitting with 50 with 19 games to go. So yesterday I played Dave Niehaus talking to Ken Griffey Jr. Today I'm going to play Dave Niehaus talking to the great Buck O'Neill right after he talked to Ken Griffey Jr., but he talks about Griffey. It's I always love hearing from Buck O'Neill. It's always great when we can hear from Buck O'Neill. And the Dave 
Buck O'Neill combo. It's hard to beat. So that comes up in a few as well. First things first, let's turn things over to David Skiba. Well, now we get a chance to oh, – this is going to be a fun conversation as we get to visit with David Skiba. Thanks a lot, David, for being a, a part of the show. It's your first time on. It's great to have you. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I'm very excited, and I, I cannot wait. I'm, I'm doubly excited for the season to just get going. Yeah, no doubt about that. We're just <laughs> days away, hours away, getting so close. And your recent article on LookoutLanding.com really caught my eye because many are predicting – a rebound for Robinson Cano. And sure. The spring has, uh, well, he's certainly shown a lot this spring, but you're going a step further, and I think the title <laughs> of your article says it all. Robinson Cano for MVP. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of clickbait there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? Is, is that a misleading title? Do you really think Robinson Cano has oh, a man. shot to win the MVP this year in the American League? Sure. So, I, I mean, as you said, the, the bounce back, I think, you know, especially off of the 2015 being such a down year is easy to predict, um, or at least easy to see happening. Uh, there's no way, you know, coming off the surgeries that he, that he has that bad of a, of an opening half. It just wasn't like him at all. Um, and then if you look at that second half streak, he goes on starting July 1st. Um, and this is in the article, um, you know, the, the final 360 plate appearances of the season, he just tore the cover off the ball. Um, 17 home runs. He actually ended up striking out a little bit more, but, uh, ended the season hitting the ball in the top 20 of, of all hitters in the MLB in terms of hard hit, um, cap capability. And, you know, looking at stuff like that um, and then kind of imagining a situation where a confluence of factors goes in his way um, had me thinking that, you know, maybe a 2007 National League Jimmy Rollins scenario is possible for him. And, and I think it all depends, especially um, for Robbie and would work greatly in his favor if uh, if this is the first playoff season since man, 2001. Um because that goes a long ways with the voters. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, and it, yeah. it, it's a great – and what you point out with the numbers, too, it's why the term bounce back probably isn't totally apt to his situation just because you can really isolate it as a tough start because you, know, you lay out the numbers in your article, 17 homers, 55 ribbies, the hard hit rate, sure. everything else, 15 doubles along the way, and 360 plate appearances. That's a large chunk of the season that he was yeah. productive – through injury at the same time yeah and, and i think that's you know that's another reason why um you know i'm sort of calling for this big year from him because you know imagining him doing that for half a season with the hernias is, is uh is incredibly remarkable and and certainly imagining a situation where he puts up a year something like what jimmy rollins did in 2007 which i, I use jimmy because um well for a lot of reasons he brought the phillies back to the playoffs for the first time in 14 years at that point um, and also an infielder at a premium position. So you can you can totally see a scenario where Robbie returns to that. I mean, his best year so far has been 2012, or, but his 2010 season was equally remarkable, and you can certainly imagine it, um, especially now that, you know, it's his third season. You think he's, he's very settled in in Seattle, which certainly matters. Um, that first season, I mean, he was still 
towards the top of the ballot for MVP. But, you know, he, he admitted being unsettled, and then he went through the issue with his grandfather passing away. So um, you just think he's, he's you know, you, you imagine the scenario. It's spring. You know, we're all hoping for something, and this is my hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, he certainly backed it up this spring. I know we, we all take spring numbers with a grain of salt, but, wow, he is he's Gosh, really he's been tearing it. Yeah, I mean, oh. He's just peppering the batter's eye <laughs> and going over it even. I mean, he's just he's his swing looks so electric. Um, and and I think another piece that I love with him, and this won't really show up in an MVP voting scenario, but that relationship that he started with Cattell Marte looks so big for Cattell. And it also looks like it's given Robbie a little bit of new life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Visiting with David Skiba, you can see this article on lookoutlining.com. You can follow him on Twitter. At Skiba Scuba Shop. I think I got it. Yeah, slowed it down. It. Yeah. I didn't want to say it too quickly because it would have just been S's and all over the place. Oh, so yeah. I mean, it's tough it. for me, and I've had it for, gosh, five years. <laughs> so let's say Robbie Cano has that kind of season, has that sure. MVP quality season. What is the Mariners' offense going to look like, in your opinion? In that oh, case? man. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I'm – overly optimistic um it's the time it would be overly optimistic <laughs> but yeah exactly it's it's you know it's almost april um so it's that time of year but i i see no issue in calling another you know something like 40 home runs out of nelson cruz wow. um he's he hasn't showed i i mean you know maybe it's 35 but you know somewhere in that region i don't think or i'm not anticipating myself a huge drop off there in nelly's production and then you know dealing with someone like adam lind who granted needs to be platooned um you know has has troubles against the the southpaws but he can just absolutely destroy right-handed hitting or pitching and um picturing those three plus kyle seager who's just a rock there you know sitting at the two or five spot in the lineup you really can see there being a potential of some serious damage being done by those guys at the top and yeah, I'm pretty bullish on Seeger taking another step forward, but yeah. I, think, I think Rock is the perfect word for what he has done. He's been tremendously consistent, especially the past three years. I mean, you can almost bank on what he's going to bring. Exactly. Bring to the yeah, table. You, you know, you expect you know at least twenty, twenty-five bombs. I think at this point, you, you hope you know. Maybe he hits that next step and his his average creeps up closer to 300, but you certainly don't see him going under 270. Um, and you're going to get a solid third base, and especially if you can get that third base he played in 2014, where he was, you know, winning the Gold Glove and just, you know, picking it, reminiscent of Beltre out there. Um, it, you know, you, you have to love Kyle and and having him on top of Nelly and Robbie, and then maybe Adam Lind also enjoying the shorter porch you know out in uh, right field you could really see some balls flying out of that of that stadium this year so you're painting an optimistic picture so <laughs> what do you see where do you see the mariners sure. coming in in the al west sure um uh the the most optimistic <laughs> version that i i can paint is i can really see well first of all i'll say the al west i actually think is is going to be the most competitive mm. division in the american league um you know, a lot of people are calling the Astros. I think Texas, you know, Texas won it last year. Um, I, I like their odds to be near at the top again. I think the A's are going to surprise a lot of people. I think they'll be, they'll be more talented than what um, some are calling for. But, 
I'm really bullish here. I actually think that the Mariners could could take the division. Um, I, I think their rotation ends up being top three in the AL, and maybe you know the ceiling. I think is the best rotation in the American League. Um, and if they can have if they can have one of those years where you know in past seasons where we've we've looked at the roster and we've thought, okay, this is a good team. It seems like every one of those years they've somehow found a floor or a new way to lose. But if you can finally have one of those seasons where you know everything just sort of clicks where everyone reaches you know three quarters of of their highest level production, then you can really see this twenty five man roster just really going after it in the AL West. Um, but, you know, if, if they don't, the way I see it falling out is, or I guess my preseason prediction for the AL West is, I actually think it's um, it's the M's at the top and then you get the Rangers sitting under them. I don't have, personally, um, a ton of belief in the Astros repeating. Um, you kind of saw them taper off towards the second half last year. They got off to that incredible start. Um, but I just don't know if they carry it. And I, I mean, I think for me, the floor is the Angels. Um, but we'll see. They have Mike Trout. You never know. <laughs> they have Mike Trout. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. he's not surrounded by a whole lot. It looks like exactly. This year. It, your analysis of the Astros is pretty interesting. I, I think uh, they're such a tough team to gauge. It's so many yeah. guys with essentially career years last year. Is there going to be regression there? What sure. about the full season of Carlos Gomez? What if he bounces back? Carlos sure. Gomez is going to be there. I mean, there's so Gosh, many questions yeah. <laughs> that can. There's a difference of like 20 games there. Of course, down. yeah. There's a way that team wins 105. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but you know, I, I think for me, it's also sort of I, I have to not believe in the Astros because my permanent memory of last season is somehow Luis Valbuena hitting another home run against <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, we can laugh about it now. It wasn't exactly. as funny at the time. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. It, it's <laughs> it's an interesting point about the A's too. What intrigues you about the A's this season? <laughs> You know, as much as I hate just putting it on Billy Bean, it just <laughs> he always seems to find some way to just turn turn guys who you've I mean not never heard of. You know, they have some guys on that team, but he just has a way of making that roster find its way to 80 wins, and then let's see what happens. Hmm. Um, and especially with the second wild card, um, you just never know what team is going to pull a season just out of nowhere and just all of a sudden they're in some for me it also comes from you know i think that the al central is going to battle its way to mediocrity um i mean there's some cleveland's uh, rotation is insane um and the white Sox also have an incredible rotation but i don't see a ton um on the offensive side really down there and i just think the a's they they might just sneak into a second wild card. I could see it happening. I really could. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's magic in that, Oko. Boy, if that happens, the AL West is going to be wild this year. I know. I, I really like. I said I really think the AL West is is the division. So, is there a, a guy on the Mariners roster right now that is not getting enough attention, in your opinion, that's mm -hmm. going to be a big factor this year? Um. Oof. 
You know, I don't know if he's not getting enough attention, but I think Tony Zick might be really cool, a really cool story this year. Um, especially, I mean, and you can paint the picture in your own mind. Imagine the Mariners making the playoffs. Let's, you know, let's go so far as to say they're in the championship series. And all of a sudden, Joe Buck gets to talk about this guy who's <laughs> pitching the eighth for the Seattle Mariners, who was bought for a dollar. A dollar, yeah. A dollar. I mean, that's just an incredible. I mean, like Disney couldn't do it. Dennis Quaid couldn't star in that movie because it would be too outlandish. <laughs> I want to know more about that story too. Did they send cash? What was that's what I know. Was it a check? Yeah, <laughs> like a hundred pennies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's an incredible tale. And 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 I think it's also you know we're all, I think, kind of scratching our heads at the bullpen. You know, how's it going to come together? Um, and I think Tony is really going to be a big factor back there. Uh, I also, I mean, personally, I don't worry too much about bullpens. You've seen ones that aren't predicted to do well at all, having just an incredible year. And you've seen ones that are full of all-stars just fall apart. So um, I think, you're, you know, at any time you're bringing a guy in in the seventh or eighth, you're, you're rolling the dice in some way. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Thanks for the time. Yeah. I will definitely do it again. Of course. David, of course. David Skiba, you can find him at Skiba Scuba Shop at LookoutLining.com. Check out his piece on Cano and, and everything else he writes. Thanks a lot for the time. Thank you so much. Buck, we're seeing one of the great uh, performances in the history of the game this year. We've had a chance to watch Junior. And I'm just wondering where it might be in your perspective. I mean, we have 19 games to go. He's after going after one of baseball's most hallowed records. How about, how about the old Negro Leagues? Uh, you had uh, years like this where guys were hitting 40, 50 mm -hmm. home runs, didn't you? Mm-hmm, sure. Sure did. It was it was outstanding, just like it is now. It's just so it, it's exciting. It's exciting to see somebody going at something like this. And you know, just a few guys in baseball, all the years of baseball, that hit 50 home runs. Right. See? Right. 15. Yeah. Just 15. Just you 15. Understand? Long as we've been playing baseball. Just 15 That's in the major leagues. How about the Negro League? Oh man. Well, we hit. We had guys that hit a few. We had guys that hit a few too. But it 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 it. The amazing thing about this for me, though, just like here tonight, I don't care how many people we have here, when Junior come up the last time in here, a lot of them might leave. Yeah, that's true. See? Which, is, which might be a mistake because we're looking at a complete ball player. He might make a catch that you've never seen before. You understand? He might make a throw that you've never seen before. He's a true baseball man. This is the total package here. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, this is the total package. This is something that, that well, I mean, I started for 50 years, and this is what I look for. You, see, you know what I mean? You got all the tools. You got the five tools that you're looking yeah. for. Right now, the majority of Major League Baseball players, if you have one, if it's power to hit the home run, just this one tool, and you're going to make a lot of money, and you're going to please a lot of people. But right now, we got a guy... Got them all. Buck, where would he uh, rate amongst the great ball players that you, you've seen? Right up top. Right up top. Right up top with the greatest ball players that ever played. Right up top. And that that's that's coming from, from Ruth, Josh uh, Gibson, right on down to anybody that ever played. This, this guy's number one? Of course. He's right there in that group. He's right there in that group. The only thing about it is... What, He's 27 years old. That's right. You understand what I mean? But what he's got to do, when right now I got him rated right there, I got to see the total package. I mean, the total 
career. See, he's got a chance to be the greatest that ever lived. But you got to get time for that. You got to get good. He needs that longevity that the other guy had. Now, after he's been here, say, 15 years, then he put up that that number, then you're going to say, put him in that just where. But right now, he's one of the best I've ever seen. He certainly, yeah. yeah. He's, I've often said uh, that, you know, if he stays with the game, if he wants to stay with the game, he loves the game, he can be the greatest that ever played the game. That's right. You got that too. You got the tools. You, you, you look at the greatest that, like you guys now, the guys we got in the, in the Hall of Fame. Willie had it all. Mm -hmm. You understand what I mean? You got a few guys that had it all, but you got a few guys that didn't have but three. That's all he needed. Three to two, yeah. Yeah, that got him into the Hall of Fame. But this guy has it all. Willie had it all. Willie had it all. Mount had it all. I, the only thing I, I'm sorry. People didn't see him on good legs. You understand what I mean? The people didn't see him on good legs, but he's got this guy has good legs. He's got uh, he's got the most amazing talent I've ever I'm seen. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you. This is one that you see. This is a lifetime, and I'm lucky enough to live long enough that that I've seen some great ones come. You know what I mean? I've seen the great. When's the, when's the new museum going to open? Well, and it's. You mean when we're going to move yeah, into yeah, the building, yeah. November 1st? Yeah, we saw the building, and it's going to be something. Oh, right. outstanding. Yeah. We were down there. Oh, we were down there over the weekend. Jazz. Jazz, yeah. Oh, yeah. we had Belafonte and all the guys, yeah. the, the great <laughs> jazz people down there, and it was outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Always great to see you, Buck. And thank the same here. Okay, thank Take you. Take care. Okay. See you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.